The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 60 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two detective episodes of The Fat Man, starring J. Scott Smart. We'll begin after this break. Building on the radio successes of The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective and The Adventures of the Thin Man, Dashiell Hammett came up with the concept for The Fat Man in 1946. Although Hammett is said to have disliked the radio incarnations of Sam Spade and the Thin Man, he grew to appreciate the sizable checks sent to him by radio producer E.J. Rosenberg, especially since Hammett was said to have been experiencing writer's block at this time. Unlike the preceding radio programs, The Fat Man was not adapted from a novel, but was inspired by a fictional character, Casper Gutman, the overweight villain in The Maltese Falcon. In the radio series, the witty ladies' man and rotund private detective went by the name of Brad Runyon. He weighed 240-plus pounds and solved crimes in the time-honored manner of a 1940s detective. Runyon's extra weight did not impede him in his sleuthing. In fact, he used it to his advantage, often successfully pinning down a henchman or gunman. Jack Scott Smart, who went by J. Scott Smart, a performer from the earliest days of radio drama, played the title role. Smart looked the part and willingly participated in many publicity photo shoots. When Dashiell Hammett was named in the notorious Red Channel's report in the summer of 1951, executives at ABC feared retribution from Hollywood and quickly disassociated themselves from the suspected communist. Within three months of the report's publication, the fat man was dropped from the air. Time now for the first of two detective episodes of The Fat Man, starring J. Scott Smart. In this, the first episode in the series, Detective Brad Runyon meets a beautiful stranger that leads him on a murder case. Here's the 19th Pearl on The Fat Man from January 21st, 1946. Something in the air? Mmm, you bet. Excitement. As four exciting new shows go on the air tonight, starting right now. ABC brings out its first Monday night surprise package labeled Dashiell Hammett's Fat Man. The Fat Man is the stalwart detective whose huge size doesn't slow up his progress a bit when it comes to sleuthing. And speaking of detectives, you'll want to meet hard-talking Ross Dolan, played by William Gargan. His business is crime. In his words, I deal in crime. And he follows in half an hour. And then the Dean of Music Makers, Paul Whiteman, and his new show, Forever Tops, the top tunes that will live forever. Paul Whiteman plays them on Forever Tops. And did you know that your top stage and screen laugh favorites, 
Jimmy and Lucille Gleason have opened a diner. What a diner. You see, that's what we meant when we said excitement in and on the air tonight and every Monday night on ABC. Right now, let's take a trip into adventure with Dashiell Hammett's Fat Man. Wait, 2.47. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. The American Broadcasting Company brings you Dashiell Hammett's latest and most fascinating character, The Fat Man. The hard-boiled, hard-hitting adventures of a criminologist who tips the scale at 247 pounds. Tonight's adventure, The 19th Pearl. And now, here is The Fat Man. One of the worst things about being fat is feeling thin. That extra load you carry around is something you never think about till you bump into a full-length mirror or drop a penny into a drugstore scale. Even then, you don't feel fat. The only time you really feel it is when you run into a beautiful woman. That's when the old collar kind of chokes you and your hands look big and your legs are hard to cross. That's when you're glad you've got a busy job like mine. Solving crimes. This one began in Grand Central Station, right near the information center. My mother was going away for a weekend. I was there to put her on the train. You don't have to wait around till the gates open, son. I've gotten on trains before. It's all right, Ma. It's a free night for me anyway. Want some peanuts? For heaven's sake, no. I do. Be right back. Bag peanuts, Jenny. All right. Better make it two. Here you are. Okay. Sorry, sister. I didn't mean to bump into you. It's all right. I uh, I wasn't looking where... Please, will you do me a favor? Hmm? It's terribly important. Here, hold this bag for me. Oh, Ricky's coming. Who? Uh, don't let him see me. He mustn't know I'm here. Well, why not? What have you done? Nothing. I... Stand in front of me, will you? Uh, quick. Put your arms around me as if you were kissing me goodbye. Say, what kind of a game is this? Please, cover my face and kiss me. Okay, sister. How's this? Hold it. Oh. How long? Oh, no. No, don't stop just... Keep your arms around me. As long as you say, baby. You know, I've heard about things like this, but I never figured it would happen to a guy like me. All right. That's enough. I wish I thought so. We ought to do this more often. I'll have to run now. He's gone. Maybe you'll be back. Oh, no. No. I mustn't miss the train. Thanks ever so much for helping me. Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you going to tell no, me... No, there isn't... But I don't even know... Okay, sister... Two ships that pass in the night. Well, that was a fond farewell. Who was it, dear? I don't know. What? Never saw her before in my life. Is that why you were kissing her? Don't make a romance out of it, Ma. She just borrowed me for a quick hug, and that's all there was to it. Well, I don't know that it's wise to kiss strange women in stations, son. Have you still got your watch? I've got more than my watch, Ma. 
I've still got her bag. But how do you know she's on this train, dear? I saw her duck into the car ahead. Well, leave the bag with me. I'll give it to her as soon as we pull out of the station. Are you kidding? Son, we're going to start in a moment. It's all right. I'll ride up to 125th Street. Just to give her back her bag? That's a good enough reason. Well, be sure you get off at 125th Street. Oh, we're moving. Okay, Mom. I'll take the bag up to her now. What's the matter? That dame's on the platform. I'm getting off. Careful, son. Watch your step. Sure, sure. See you later. Good evening, beautiful. Oh. oh, you frightened me. I didn't the last time. You want to play some more? I don't think so. Well, don't go away. I still got your bag. Oh, well, thank you. What's this all about, kid? Who'd you knock off? I beg your pardon. You must have done something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be running away. Why not? Can't I be running away from danger? There's a man following me. The guy on that train? How did you know he was on it? Simple arithmetic. You got on to give him the slip. He must have followed you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have got off. That's exactly what happened. What else happened? I don't know what you mean. Come on, kid. Tell me the truth or I won't help you. I don't know that I want you to help me. Okay, sister. I'll walk right out of the picture. Uh, No. Uh, No, wait. Changed your mind? No. The man who's been following me changed it. Huh? He's standing right over there on the platform. You'll be safe here, Miss Evans. Mm. Is this your office? Yeah. Step in. Thank you. Sit down. Make yourself at home. Every chair in this place is comfortable. Have you sampled them all? Every one. There's one thing I hate, it's sitting on hard wood. Uh, have an apple, Miss Evans? Uh, no thanks. Mm. Awful good. <sighs> no thanks. Well, tell me now, how long has this guy been following you? About three days. And you don't know who he is? Or what he's after? No. What do you do for a living, Miss Evans? I, um, I'm an actress. On the stage? When I'm working. Maybe I've seen you. Not in New York. I uh, haven't done anything here yet. Mm, Rich daddy? No. No daddy at all. And what keeps you in those gorgeous clothes? I have a private income. My father left me some money. Those beautiful pearls, too? (laughs) Oh, uh, these aren't real. Aren't they? Let me see them. Don't you believe me? No. Why not? Because you're not a very good liar. What? Even experienced ones take a deep breath after every lie they tell. But you've been pumping away like an iron lung. How dare you talk to me like that? Get out of here, Miss Evans. I won't take your case. You won't get it, you insufferable man. Keep going, keep going. What? Keep yelling at me. There's someone outside the door. You overbearing, conceited pig. If I were a man, I'd give you the beating of your life. That's enough. Well, what are you doing out here, mister? Nothing. I was just... Hey, come back here, you. You son of a gun. I'll make it much harder for you when I catch you. You gonna stop, you punk, or do I have to die for you? Oh, you big ape. I'm not as slow as I look, 
Well, you didn't have to tackle me. I'm sorry, old man. My old football training. Can you get up? I don't know. There you are. Now, maybe you'll tell me what you were doing outside my door. I was keeping an eye on Miss Evans. Hmm, That's an interesting pastime. Come on back to the office and tell us why. It's my job. I'm a private detective. Well, well. Who hired you? Mrs. Stanton. Mrs. Jeffrey Stanton. The banker's wife? Yes. She wants a record of every move Miss Evans makes. Why? That's my business. Well, maybe Miss Evans has an interest in it. Miss Evans! Miss Evans, where are you? What's the matter? She's gone. Gentlemen, to see you, Mrs. Stanton. Who is it, Carl? He refused to give me his card, madam. He simply said the fat man is calling. Fat man? What do you suppose he wants? Some information, Mrs. Stanton. Good heavens. What do you mean by coming in here unannounced? But I was announced. I'm the fat man. Well, I've never had the pleasure of meeting you, and I certainly don't intend to do so now. Show him out, Carl. I don't think Carl is man enough, Mrs. Stanton. You'd better let me stay. What do you want? Some information about Miss Evans. I couldn't get a thing out of that clam you had following her. What clam? What are you talking about? Shall I call the police, Mrs. Stanton? No. No, I can manage this call. Very well, madam. Now then, what were you saying, Mr... Uh, I don't believe you mentioned the name. I didn't. People remember me better as the fat man. Oh. Oh, I know who you are now. Mr. Parker told me about you. Parker? The man you very nearly killed in the hall outside your office. Said you fell on him like a ton of bricks. He had no right listening outside my door. Did you really hire him to follow Miss Evans? I did. May I ask why? You shouldn't have to. I thought everybody knew I was anxious to divorce my husband. Miss Evans is just one of the grounds. One? The only one I'll need. You see, Mr. Stanton made the mistake of giving her a necklace. What? Quite an expensive one, in fact. Matched pearls. I see. You seem disappointed. In Mr. Stanton? No, in Miss Evans. You're not a friend of hers, I hope. Are you sure he gave her that necklace, Mrs. Stanton? Well, I believe it was a gift I've never inquired. I don't really care to know how these arrangements are worked out. In other words, your husband and Miss Evans... Let's not put it into words, if you don't mind. There'll be enough of that when the case comes up in court. When the case comes up, Mrs. Stanton, you'll have to prove it. And right now, your star witness, Miss Evans, is missing. Oh, not really missing. Unless something's happened to her. What? I don't know. Frankly, I don't really care. Parker will find her sooner or later. Where? Probably at my husband's apartment. Oh. Doesn't he live here? No. Not regularly. Well... After meeting you, Mrs. Stanton, I can't say I blame him. Mr. Stanton in? Yeah, he's in. O'Hara, what are you doing here, Captain? Come on in. I'm waiting for the medical examiner. Oh, who's dead? What do you think? Stanton lived here all alone. He might have had company. He did, a little earlier. There's a knife in his chest. 
Who put it there? I don't know. The murderer didn't leave his card. See the body? You might as well. Where is it? Right over there in the corner. And leave those chocolate-covered almonds alone. The place hasn't been gone over yet. When did all this happen? I don't know yet. I just got here a few minutes ago. And the body was right where it is now? I'm sure it hasn't moved. Hmm. Funny, isn't it? What? How a guy gets stabbed in the chest without putting up any kind of a fight. No sign of a struggle around here. So what? Nothing. I just don't like it, that's all. Why not? Because the usual place for a knife is in the back. The chest, you see it coming. You've got a chance to protect yourself. Not if you trust the person that's coming at you. Not if she's your sweetheart or something like that. Then you don't see the knife till it's too late. What makes you think it's his sweetheart? I don't. I don't even know if the man had one. Well, then stop putting a noose around her neck. Whose noose? What are you driving at? Nothing. Nothing. I I just don't like your theory, O'Hara. Well, it's apparent he was killed by somebody he trusted. If it wasn't his sweetheart, then... Will you stop mentioning his sweetheart? Why? Is she a friend of yours or something? Don't be funny. What are you mad at? What's seeding you tonight? Your theories. Stanton could have been sitting in that chair when he was killed... The murderer could have moved the body to throw us off the track. I doubt it. The murderer didn't even have time to cover up the one clue that's going to convict him. What's that? A piece of string in the dead man's hand. You see how Stanton is holding on to it? String? Looks more like a strong silk thread. Probably something he tore from the murderer's clothing just before the knife went into his heart. You don't tear single threads from a person's clothing, O'Hara? Then what is it? I don't know. Let's open his hand and see. Wait a minute. You don't have to open it. I can see something between the fingers. What is it? A pearl. Miss Evans. Miss Evans, if you're in your room, for the love of Mike, open up. Who is it? The fat man. Alone? Yes, open up, will you? Well, what's wrong? Plenty. I've got to talk to you like a Dutch uncle. Oh, wait a minute. You can't come in here. Shut up. You're in trouble, kid. I'm going to find out just how much. Where did you disappear to when I went after that guy that was following you? I uh, ran down the stairs. Why? That's what I want to know. Why? To get away from him, of course. I knew you wouldn't let him follow me. I wish I had. Where did you go? Home. That's a lie. I've been calling up here all night. Well, uh, I I stopped off for a bite to eat. Where? At Mr. Stanton's apartment? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, baby. Tell me the truth. I know half of it now. I want the other half or I'll call in the cops. What have I done that's wrong? Lots of things. Most of them aren't my business. But murder is. Murder? You heard me. Don't stand there looking from one of my eyes to the other. Even a lousy actress can look innocent. She's beautiful enough. Uh, Why do you keep saying I'm beautiful? Because you are. If I weren't a man and a half, I'd take you in my arms and... And what? Never mind. Go ahead. Do it. Are you kidding? Do it. I want you to kiss me, darling. My name isn't darling. You never told me what it was. What can I call you? Nothing. You've got to believe me, darling. You've got to trust me. Why? Because I trust you. Will you... uh... Kiss me now. Yes. Uh, Oh. You're awfully sweet when you want to be. 
Who gave you that nickel show? What? Who gave it to you? Why aren't you wearing it now? I just took it off. Where is it? Don't you believe me? Where is it? I want to see it. I've got it. Where? Right here on my dress. Are you satisfied? Not yet. Is this the necklace you were wearing in my office? How many of these trinkets do you think I have? How do I know? Must be more where this came from. Who gave it to you? Mr. Stanton. Why didn't you tell me that before? Because it was none of your business. Well, that's a good answer. Is it my business now? If you want it to be. How do you want it to be, Miss Evans? I want it to be Kathy, not Miss Evans. Okay, Kathy. I'll take your case. Have I got one? You will have. The cops will be swarming all over this place by tomorrow morning. Why? Don't worry. Everything will be all right. You didn't feel that way when you came in. When I came in, I never expected to find this string of pearls. Not in one piece, anyway. You mind if I take them? What for? I thought you trusted me. You still haven't answered my question. I need these pearls to make your alibi stand up, Kathy. Don't forget, I'm working for you, but the police aren't. sure these pearls were bought here, Mr. Werner? Quite sure. I matched them for Mr. Stanton myself. Uh, no chance of a duplicate set looking exactly like these. Very unlikely. Pearls are almost as individual as people. That's why they're so hard to match. I see. Uh, this is your clasp, of course. Oh, yes, it was made here. And the string? Oh, the string might be anybody's. There's nothing distinctive about a string. But the pearls are distinctive. Quite uh, why did Mr. Stanton rearrange them? You mean they're not in the right order? Oh, the order is correct. But, uh, I only counted 18. What? The big one in the center is missing. Hello. Hello, Kathy. Oh, yes. This is the fat man. Do you want to swing for the murder of Mr. Stanton? No. Then do what I tell you. But I didn't kill him. Then why didn't you tell me you, you knew he was dead, you two-faced... No. Kid? Shut no. up. I know you were in Stanton's apartment tonight. You had to be, or you wouldn't have had that necklace back. I don't know what you mean. Don't play dumb with me. You picked those pearls up off the floor and strung them together again. All except one. What? You stupid little fool. You left the most important one in the dead man's hand. Oh, no. Now, this is your last chance, Kathy. Meet me in my office in 15 minutes or I go to the police. But I... Be there. Yes? It's me, Kathy. Come in. Mr. Parker, what are you doing here? Waiting for you. The fat man sent for me. Where is he? He'll be back. He stepped out for a few minutes. Oh. Come on in. Don't be afraid. Well, I... Come on. The fat man wants me to show you something. What? Look over there on top of the desk. See it? What is it? A pearl. The largest one of a set. And what's it doing here? That's the fat man's business. 
He just wanted me to show it to you. Recognize it? I, uh, don't know very much about pearls. Then you wouldn't be interested in buying it? Not from you. Who told you it was for sale? The fat man. He offered it to me for... Uh, what's the matter? There's a microphone hidden in this bowl of fruit. The fat man must be interested in your reactions. Where do the uh, wires go? Over here, to the window and down the side of the building. He must be listening in another office. He won't listen anymore. Don't do that, you fool. Put that microphone down. Why? Because he'll know you smashed it. Do you want to get... Where's that pearl, Miss Evans? I beg your pardon? That pearl... You took it off the desk while I was at the window. Oh, you're mistaken. I haven't been near the desk. Come on. Give it to me or I'll search you for it. Let go of me. Not until you put that pearl... Ow. Open your hand. No, Open I it, won't. I said. The fat man will kill me if you get away oh. with it. Oh. Come back here, you little devil. Not on your life. Just a moment, Miss Evans. Mrs. Stanton. Yes. I'll take that pearl, please. Oh. Look out. She's got a gun. Stay where you are, young lady. No, you can't make me. Stop. I told you to stop. You're wanted by the police for the murder of my husband. Get in the cab, Miss Evans. Where are you taking me? Get in. I'll watch you, Mrs. Stanton. Thank you, Mr. Parker. All right, driver. Hurry. Police headquarters. Right. Why don't you start? Gotta wait for the light to change, lady. You gotta wait for me, too. The fat man. Surprise. How do you feel, Kathy? Why, I'm all right. You better have somebody look at that shoulder. Franklin Hospital, driver. Make it snappy. Okay. Just a moment. We're taking her to police headquarters. With a fresh wound in her shoulder? She needs medical attention. But I Franklin said... Hospital, driver, and don't spare the horses. Is she, Doc? Oh, she'll be all right. Bullet just grazed her shoulder. You're very lucky, Miss Evans. You mean you're very lucky? Don't you know it's against the law to go around shooting people? I couldn't let her get away with that pearl, could I? Why not? That isn't the one they found in your husband's hand. That's just a hunk of paste. But you told us all to come to your office so you could trap the one who tried to steal it. How did you know that? It was obvious. That's no excuse for shooting at him, Mrs. Stanton. Oh, I didn't really shoot. I tried to frighten her more than anything else. Well, in any case, I'll have to make a report to the police. Will you come with me, Mrs. Stanton? Certainly. You're a dead pigeon, Kathy. What do you mean? Even a bald-headed jury won't save you on this one. But I didn't kill him. I think you did. What's your vote, Parker? I won't say until I've heard all the facts. But you know all the facts. Didn't you follow her to Stanton's apartment late this afternoon? Yes, I did. Well, how long was she there? About 20 minutes. And she went right to the railroad station as soon as she left his apartment. But I didn't kill him. He was dead when I got there. Then why did you pick up the pearls and string them together again? Because I knew I was being framed. Somebody put that necklace in Mr. Stanton's hand. Mm, that's a good one. It's true. I didn't have the pearls when I went to his apartment. What? It was stolen from me this morning. Can you prove that? No. 
Can you prove it to me, Kathy? I don't know. Look at me. I'm looking. I didn't kill Mr. Stanton. I swear I didn't. That's not good enough, Kathy. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll help you get out of here. What? I'll give you a head start on the police. Don't be a fool. Mind your own business, Parker. This is my business. If she killed Stanton... Go on. Give her a break, will you? No. I'm just as responsible as you are. You can't make me a party to this. Then turn your back on it. You're crazy. It's a felony to assist a criminal. I'm going to call the police. Get away from that phone. For heaven's sake, use your head. They'll catch her anyway. Get away from that phone, I said. No, don't. Don't I... I can't run away. It'll only make it look worse. Why, of course. The sooner we call the police, the better. Hello? Hello. Get me the police department, please. Yes, sir. You're not going to make that call, Parker. What? You're not going to make that call if I have to pick up one of these knives and jab it into your ribs. Here, put that down. Put that down, you fool. Now, you see, Parker? Even on short notice, a man reaches out for the murderer's hand, the hand with the knife. What? Don't you understand? When a man comes at you with a knife, you reach for his hand, not for his throat. What are you talking about? Stanton. He couldn't have torn those pearls off Kathy's neck. If she came at him with a knife, he'd have grabbed for her hand the way you grabbed mine. You mean she was framed? You guessed it. She was framed by a guy who knew every move she made. A guy who knew when he could steal that necklace and plant it in Stanton's hand at the most effective time. Who fits that description, Parker? Who knew every move Kathy made these last three days? Well, why are you looking at me? Because you're it. You wanted Stanton out of the way so you and Mrs. Stanton could get married and live on Stanton's dough. You're no private detective. I found that out five minutes after I met you. Drop that knife and stay where you are. I've got a gun. Look out, Kathy. You may use it. I will if you don't get out of my way. Hello? That phone's open, Parker. You're giving the police your whole confession. What? It's... Oh! Hello? Hello? Take it easy, Captain. I'm bringing in a murderer. So you and Stanton were just good friends, hmm, Kathy? Mm-hmm, that's right. Hmm, must have thought an awful lot of his friends to give them pearl necklaces. Well, uh, I know you won't believe it, but he was like that. He once gave a surgeon a brand new car just for operating on his hand. What did uh, you do for the old boy? I went out with him, let him take me to shows and things. Well, here's where I get off. My home already? This is it. Night, Kathy. Oh, wait a minute. Am I ever going to see you again? I don't know. Why not? Don't you like me? Sure. I like all beautiful women. The trouble is, I fall in love with them. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? Having to fall out. So long, Kathy. Remember... Nobody loves a fat man. Listen again next week at the same time when the American Broadcasting Company brings you another adventure of Dashiell Hammett's exciting new character, The Fat Man. Next week's story is called The Unfamiliar Face. And as the fat man says... 
Know a man's face, and you know the man behind it. Line for line, it tells the story of his life. From the women he's known to the crimes he's committed. Tonight's adventure of The Fat Man, played by J. Scott Smart, was directed by Robert Sloan. Bernard Green composed and conducted the original music. Hold on to your nerves. Next comes a guy who keeps busy chasing fugitives and frails. It's William Gargan as private detective Ross Dolan, shooting his way through the mystery thriller, I Deal in Crime. This is the American Broadcasting Company. And that's The Fat Man with The 19th Pearl, starring J. Scott Smart in the premiere episode from the series. Also in the cast, Ed Begley and Neil Harrison is heard over ABC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month along with detailed liner notes and photos of the radio stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another detective episode of The Fat Man after this break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Brad Runyon becomes involved with a blackmail scheme. Here's The Black Angel, starring J. Scott Smart as the Fat Man from July 8, 1946. Weight, 237 pounds. Fortune... Danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. The American Broadcasting Company brings you the adventures of Dashiell Hammett's latest and most fascinating character... The Fat Man, a fast-moving criminologist who tips the scales at 237 pounds. Tonight's adventure, The Black Angel. And now, here is The Fat Man. A fat man is not supposed to have the physical endurance and staying power of the thinner, leaner boys... When he lugs that extra weight around, he loses his wind quicker and his muscles tire faster. If you've ever made a forced march with 50 or 60 pounds of equipment on your back, you know what I mean about a fat man's extra weight. But quick thinking will save a tremendous amount of energy. And a fat man has to save his energy in my business because you need every bit of it when you're fighting with a murderer... 
It's funny how much you can tell about a person at a glance, especially if you trained yourself to take in everything. I liked this guy the minute he walked in my office, and I felt sorry for him. I liked him because his eyes were honest and intelligent. He was in his late 30s, nice-looking, without being handsome. His conservative, well-made clothes told me he had a commuter's ticket in his pocket and a growing bank account he'd earned himself. I felt sorry for him as he stood in front of my desk because I'd seen the same expression on the face of a soldier in Belgium when his wife wrote him she wanted a divorce. He didn't waste any time, and I knew he was telling the truth. Mr. Runyon, my name is Atchison, John Atchison. Sit down, Mr. Atchison. Oh, thanks. I... I hope you'll understand. I always try to. What's the trouble? I don't like this sort of thing. I, I don't like anything sneaky or underhanded, but but there's nothing else I can do. I, I can't stand it any longer. It's, it's driving me crazy. I, I, I can't sleep. I, I can't eat. I, I walked around the block four times before I could make myself come in. Wife trouble? Why, why yes. How did you know? There are a lot of wives and a lot of husbands. You'd be surprised how many of them come in here. Yes, I suppose so. I suppose it's an old story. I guess I'm a fool, but I, I never thought it could happen to me. Another man? Well, I, I'm not sure. Don't you see? That's the trouble. I, I'm not sure. I know there's something, somebody, but I, I've got to find out the truth. I, I've got to know before I lose my mind. Have you asked your wife about it? Oh, no, no, of course not. Don't you understand? I love Peggy. I love her more than anything in the world, and, and I've always trusted her. If I were wrong, I could never forgive myself. Um, I understand. You want me to find out who this guy is and what's going on? Yes. I simply want to know the truth. Maybe hard to take. I can take it. Okay, Atchison. Now, tell me why you're suspicious. What's happened? It started only three days ago. I came home early. Peggy was talking on the telephone, and she didn't hear me come in. I, I heard her say... Angel, John mustn't know. I I was stunned. I, I couldn't believe my ears. And then she said, All right, all right, I'll, I'll meet you in the same place at nine tonight. Did she know you'd heard her? Oh, no, no, no. I, I waited a few minutes, then walked in. She seemed flustered and surprised that I was home early, but, but said nothing about the phone call. That night, she said she was going to see her girlfriend. You didn't try to follow her? Oh, no, no. I, I couldn't bring myself to that. Besides, I kept hoping that I'd been mistaken, that, that maybe she hadn't, hadn't said that at all. Uh, never had any reason to suspect her before, eh? Never. Hmm. It's just possible, Atchison, that what you heard her say on the phone might have had a different meaning from what you suspect. Oh, but, but how could it? How long have you been married? Not quite a year. What do you know about your wife's past? Why, actually, I know very little about her past life. I, I never questioned her. She has no family, and... Where'd you meet her? Oh, she was the cashier in one of those dance halls, a place called the Tropical Gardens. Oh, I know what you're thinking, Runyon, but you're wrong. I, oh, I, I used to be lonely, and, well, I, I went there sometimes. She wasn't like the others. We fell in love and got married. I see. You know, it might not be another man at all, Atchison. It might be something worse. What? Blackmail. Uh blackmail. I hadn't thought of that. 
That might explain... Explain why? The, the money. What money? The $300 that's missing from our savings account. You fat men sure know how to dance, don't you? Yeah. I don't remember seeing you here in the gardens before. You're a new one, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You aren't very talkative, are you? Not usually. Are you? What do you mean by that? Of course I like to talk. Well, that's swell. Maybe you can tell me something. What? Do you remember a girl named Peggy that used to work here? She was a cashier. Sure, I remember Peggy. Why? Well, I'm trying to find her. I thought maybe somebody here could tell me something about her. Hey, wait a minute, mister. Who are you trying to kid? Nobody, sweetheart. I'm related to her. The folks think something has happened to her. I thought maybe I could find out who her friends were when she were here or if she'd had any trouble. <laughs> Boy, you kill me. Yeah? Yeah, you never saw Peg in your life. What makes you think so? Because she's sitting right over there at that table in the corner. Oh, the girl sitting alone? Yeah, that's Peg. There was a guy with her a minute ago, but he ain't there now. Say, what's your racket anyway? I'm a Hollywood talent scout, sister. Here, buy yourself a new mink coat. A talent scout? Hello, Peggy. What? Don't you remember me? Why, no. <laughs> I used to meet so many men here. Well, and... you didn't meet me here. Where, where did I meet you? I'm a friend of John's. John's? Yeah. Mind if I sit down? Please. He'll be right back in a minute and... Hmm? Who's he? Listen, I don't know your name, but if you're a friend of John's, you'll forget you saw me here tonight and you'll never, never tell him. Why? Because what a husband doesn't know won't hurt him? No. You don't understand, and I can't explain. Are you in trouble? Yes. Maybe I can help you. No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone can help me. Well, tell me about it. No. Not now, not here. Where, then? Meet me tomorrow at the Primrose Bar at 1 o'clock. Okay, honey, but be there. If you don't show up, I'm going to have a talk with your husband. I'll be there. But please, please, John mustn't know anything about this. He mustn't know anything at all. Why not? Because... If he found out, he might be murdered. Runyon? Yeah. Pleased to meet you, Runyon. I've heard about you. My name's Caldwell. I'm an operative from San Francisco. Maybe you've heard of me. Not that I recall, but there's something familiar about you. I, uh, I had a bad break not long ago. I did my job too well and got my mug plastered all over a lot of newspapers. Maybe you saw my picture. Maybe. Could be that. It's hurt my work a lot. Too many people know me. Fame does have its drawbacks. Yeah. You're a long way from home, Caldwell. That's why I came to see you, Runyon. Oh? Here on a job? That's right. I've got no connections here, and I might need a little help. I thought maybe you'd like to give it to me. There might be a lot of dough in it for you. How much is a lot? 
Say $5,000. That is a lot of money, Caldwell. Yeah, for five grand, a man is a sucker to ask too many questions. You know, that's a funny thing, Caldwell. That's exactly what I think. We're going to get along swell. Sure. Now, tell me about the job. Well, about a couple of weeks ago, a guy comes into my office and makes me a proposition. It seems a pal of his disappeared with a hundred thousand bucks in cash, and half of it belonged to my client. He wanted me to find his pal. Where did the hundred grand come from? I don't know, but let's just say it was dropped by a careless bank messenger, and these two guys found it lying in the street. Finders keepers, hmm? Yeah. And now you want to shed the client and do a little finder's keepers on your own? That's the general idea. After all, the dough doesn't belong to either of them. The client's out on the coast. The uh, climate here doesn't agree with them. You found this client's pal, the guy with the dough? I found him. He's here in town, registered in a hotel under a phony name. And the money, you think he's got it with him? I think he's got it hidden somewhere in his hotel room. Where do I come in? And why, if there's a hundred grand in it, do I only get five? <laughs> a minute ago, that was a lot of money. That was a minute ago. It's still enough for what I want you to do. I'll do the tough part. What's the easy part? All you do is get this guy out of the hotel and keep him out until I can give the room a good going over and get the dough. Ooh, it does sound easy. It's a cinch. Once I get the money out of the room, we're safe. He can't go to the police. What about your client? Don't worry about him. Well, how do I know you won't cross me up? You don't know it. You just have to trust me. I don't like it. It'd be a sap to pass up such an easy five grand. I won't cross you. Well, how do you know I won't go to the cops for this story? What good would it do? You don't know these two guys? Besides, there's another good reason why you won't do that. What's the other reason? This gun in my pocket. Oh, you play rough, hmm? Plenty rough. Well, how about it? Is it a deal? Okay. Count me in. That's better. Meet me at 8 o'clock tonight at the corner of 50th and 8th Avenue. What's the guy's name and what hotel's he in? Do I look like a sap? I'll tell you at 8 tonight. Okay. I'll see you at 8 then. Yeah. Hello? Hello, Brad. This is O'Hara. Yeah? What's on your mind? Listen, Brad. You remember a gang of bank robbers operating in the Middle West a couple of years ago, led by a guy named Angel Black? Yeah. I remember something about it. Uh, didn't the papers call him the Black Angel? That's right. If you remember, he was caught and sent up for life. But one member of the gang, a fellow called Snyder, was never pulled in... And the loot from a couple of bank chaps was never found. Hey, wait a minute, O'Hara. What about this guy, Angel Black? Well, he escaped from prison about a week ago, and we just got a tip he's somewhere in this vicinity. I want you to keep your eyes open for him. What's he look like? Well, he's short, heavy set, jet black hair, and I It's think... not black anymore, O'Hara. It's red, and he's wearing a red mustache. What are you talking about? How do you know? He just left my office about two minutes ago. <laughs> Yes, I know. 
I'm sorry, but I had to be careful. I was afraid I might be followed. Your husband? No. The, the man I was with last night. You saw him, didn't you? He has red hair and a red mustache. No, not last night. But I don't understand. He saw you at my table. When you left, he walked after you. Didn't he speak to you? No, but two and two are rapidly making four. What do you mean? I think your friend followed me home last night. How did you get mixed up with Angel Black, Mrs. Atchison? You, you know him? You know who he is? Yeah. But, but how? Never mind that. No, no, you've got to tell me. How did you know it was the angel? Don't you see? He's desperate. He... He came to see me this morning. What did he say? What did he want? Made me a proposition. Oh, you shouldn't have sat at my table last night. Don't you understand? It's a trap. He'll kill you. He'll kill John, too. That's why John mustn't know. You still haven't told me where you come in on this business. I... I used to know the... I used to know the guy. He... I was his girl. We were going to be married. Were you one of his gang? No. At least I... I never knowingly was. I didn't know the truth about him. When I found out, it was too late. He made me go with him when things got too hot. They finally got him and sent him up. I never went back home. I came here and got a job in the tropical gardens. How did Angel find you? I don't know. It was four nights ago. I'd gone down to the drugstore for something and was walking home. The street was dark and deserted. Hello, Peg. What? Who? Who are you? Don't you recognize me, Peg? Angel. Yeah? Who else? Let me look at you. But, Angel, you... How did you get... Never mind that, baby. I'm out and I've come back for no, you. No, no, Angel, don't, please. For two years, I've been waiting for this. Let go of me. Hey, wait a minute. What's the idea? No, Angel. Please, don't you understand? I... I'm married now. I'm happy. I, I, I've tried to forget all that. You're not forgetting anything, baby. You're leaving with me. They won't get me again. Listen, Peg, I know where the money is. Money? Yeah, a hundred grand. They never found it because that rat Snyder got away with it, but I found him. He's registered here in the city at the Gilroy Hotel on the name of Cooley. He's got the money with him in cash. How do you know? Word gets around, even in jail. But, but the police, they'll find you. Oh, no, they won't. That's where you're going to help me. No. No, I told you that's all over. Listen, I get this straight. If you like this guy you're married to, you'd better do what I say. You... You wouldn't. Wouldn't I? Now then, I need some dough to get some clothes and dye my hair. You're going to give it to me. But... If you want your husband to keep his health, you'll have it for me tomorrow. And don't try any funny business or you'll get it, too. All right, I'll get you some money, but afterwards... Afterwards, you... you're coming with me. After I knock off Snyder and get the dough. Kill? Yeah. And anybody else who gets in my way. And don't you forget it. Next day, I gave him $300. And then last night, he insisted I meet him again. You're sure it's the Gilroy Hotel Snyder is hiding in? Yes. What can I do? What if John finds out? Just sit tight and play along with Angel. Agree with anything he says. Personally, I don't think you'll hear from him again. Why not? 
Because tonight he's planning to kill Snyder, get the money, and then kill me. This is it, O'Hara. Hotel Gilroy. Yeah. Cheesy looking dump, isn't it? Yeah. Nevertheless, let's go in. Hey, clerk. What room is Mr. Cooley in? 510, top floor. Is he in now? How should I know? Is his key in the box? Uh, no. I guess he's in. Uh, come over here closer. Yeah, what's the matter? Look. Oh, please. That's right. Listen, this is a respectable hotel. We don't want no trouble. Neither do we. Give us the passkey. Oh, okay. Here. There may be some shooting upstairs. Keep everybody off the fifth floor till we come down. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, say, what's this guy Cooley done? Never mind. Morning, huh? All right. Five. What time is it, Brad? Uh, ten after three. Uh, the other one was to meet you at eight tonight? Mm-hmm. Five hours from now. Well, here we are. Mm, five, ten. It's down this way. Get out your gun. Don't worry. Here it is. Easy now. He's not in. I don't know. Wait a second. Open up, Cooley. If you don't, we're coming in shooting. Oh, come on. Brad, look. No wonder he didn't answer. What a mess. See if it's Cooley. Yeah. The back of his head smashed like an egg. So Angel got here first after all. Maybe it wasn't Angel. Of course it was. Look at this room. He really tore it apart. Looking for the money. I wonder if he found it. He must have. Not much money in cash would be hard to hide. Hey, what are you going through his pockets for? I'm looking for the key to this room. Hmm. Hasn't got it on him. I wonder... What? Listen, O'Hara. I want you to do something, and I don't want you to ask any questions. What is it, Brad? Forget that we've been here. Forget it? Are you nuts? You've got to forget it. Only for the time being, though. I've got a hunch this business isn't over yet. But I can't do that. Sure you can. I'm going to lock this door and give the passkey back to the clerk downstairs. As far as he's concerned, Cooley wasn't here. But what about the maid? It's too late for the maid. Nobody will find this body until tomorrow morning. That is, nobody who'll care to report it. Quick, O'Hara. Over here in this doorway. You're crazy to try and pull this alone, Brad. I shouldn't let you do it. Now, take it easy. I know what I'm doing. Angel's no fool, and he can spot cops a mile away. If you had men planted near me, he'd never make his play. 
This way, I can get him for you alive. But you said yourself he was gunning for you. Not the way you think, O'Hara. That's why I wanted you to keep quiet about Snyder's murder. I don't get it. I think he's going to try and frame Snyder's murder on me. On you? Sure. Don't you see? It'll be a cinch. That is, it would have been if we hadn't already found the body. As long as he thinks I'm a dumb dick trying to pick up an easy five grand, he can't miss. Why? He'll meet me, send me up to the room, supposedly, to get Snyder out. Then he'll tip the police. Oh, I get it. Sure, they'd catch me there red-handed. Yeah, but suppose the girl tips him off that you know who he is. That's a chance I've got to take. For the time being, I'm betting she's on the level. Everything ought to go okay, unless... Unless what? Unless Angel didn't kill Snyder. But you don't think... It's a possibility. Okay, O'Hara, it's nearly eight. Stay here in this doorway. I'm going to walk down there now and meet Angel. Don't show yourself. But if we start walking, follow us and be sure he doesn't spot you. Okay, Brad, but be careful. Hello, Runyon. Hey, you're right on time. There's an alley over here. Let's walk down there. Ooh, why the alley? We can talk better there. Okay. What's the deal? You got a gun on you? Yeah, why? I just wondered. You might need it. I don't like guns. That wasn't in the deal. I know, but this Cooley's a tough baby. Cooley? Yeah, that's his name. Now listen. Here's what I want you to do. He's living on a little cheap hotel, the Gilroy. It's on Clover Street. His room is 510. How do you know if he'll be there? I don't know for sure, but he never goes out. That's why I needed help on a deal. To get him out of the room. Oh, I get it. You go over there and bust in his room. Got a passkey? Sure. Good. Don't knock. Just go right in. Act tough. Tell him you're the house, Dick, that the manager wants to talk to him about his bill or something. When you get him downstairs, call him Mr. Jones. He'll say that isn't his name. You've made a mistake. Apologize and insist on buying him a drink. Mm, it sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Sure. In the meantime, no, I... Angel. Well, somebody's coming. No, no, you, you Shut killed up, him. You fool, he isn't dead. I slugged him. It's the idea of following me. Run Run hey, come on, it's a trap. That's what come I... on, stop. Brad, Brad, are you all right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. He slugged me when the girl... Yeah, I saw her run down here. She must be in it with him. She came to warn him. Can they get away? Yeah. Come on. Where are we going? Back to the Gilroy Hotel. Why? Because I think the $100,000 is still hidden somewhere in Snyder's room. What makes you think the killer didn't find the money? Two things, O'Hara. In the first place, the key to the room is missing. The murderer kept it so he could get, get back in the room later, after the murder had been discovered and the body had been removed. Well, what's the other reason? The fact that Angel was so anxious to frame the murder on me. If he'd gotten the money, he wouldn't have bothered with me. But he came to you before he killed Snyder. Yeah, but when he first came to me, I think he was planning to kill me in the alley. But why? Because he'd seen me talking to the girl the night before, and he knew I was a detective. 
later, when he couldn't find the money, that he decided to frame me for Snyder's murder. Yeah, but where is the money? The place had been torn apart. It wasn't in the room. That's what I mean, O'Hara. Well, here we are. Come on. Hey, I wonder what's the matter. All the people running toward the side of the hotel. I don't know. Oh, here comes the room clerk. What's the matter back there? Oh, and 510 just jumped out the window. Say, aren't you yeah. the dicks? Quick, O'Hara. Let's go. Let's go here. Stand back. Stand back. I'm from police headquarters. Why? Why, that's not Mr. Cooley. No, it's Angel Black, and he's dead. What could have happened? Mr. Cooley murdered right in this room and this red-headed man dead? Never mind that. You say this red-headed guy came in with a girl about 15 minutes before you heard the crowd yelling outside? Yeah, it may have been less than that. And this other guy, the one who came in after them? Well, he seemed nervous. He was nice looking, about 35. Yes, what room Mr. Cooley was in, I told him and he went up. Several minutes later, I heard the noise outside and went out and, well... You know the rest. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who was this third guy, Brad? Must have been Atchison, the girl's husband. What was he doing here? No, he must have followed his wife or Angel. Oh, well, then it's plain enough to me, Brad. Yeah? Sure. Angel and the girl bump into Snyder's room. He finds the money. The girl's husband comes in. They have a fight, and Angel gets shoved out the window. The girl and her husband take the money and beat it during the confusion downstairs. That's a good story, O'Hara. But that isn't what happened. Well, the money's gone, and it wasn't on Angel when he was shoved out the window. He wasn't shoved, O'Hara. Are you trying to tell me he committed suicide? No, it was an accident. An accident? Are you nuts? The girl and her husband killed him for the money. They couldn't have done that, O'Hara. Why not? Because the money is still where Cooley hid it. Where? Come over here by the window. Look, O'Hara, on that little ledge around the corner. Well, I'll be... A briefcase? Yeah, and it's got the money in it. Then Angel must have been trying to reach it. You see, you, you can't reach it from here. You'd have to climb out under the ledge. Yeah. He must have seen the briefcase and climbed out to get it. The girl saw a chance and shoved him over. We'd better get out an alarm to pull her in right away. Now, hold it, O'Hara. The only thing that girl did was try to save her husband's life and happiness. She loved her husband, O'Hara. But still, she must have shoved... Look here. See how slick this ledge is? The guy slipped as he was reaching for the money. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right at that. Sure I am. He was in a hurry, O'Hara, and he fell. And a black angel doesn't have wings. Next week at this time, the American Broadcasting Company brings you another adventure of Dashiell Hammett's exciting new character, The Fat Man. Next week's story is called The Skull's Ballroom. And as The Fat Man says... A ballroom is usually a gay, carefree place filled with happy, dancing couples. But this isn't true of The Skull's Ballroom. There, the couples are ghosts of the past, and the slow waltz they do is the dance of death. 
Tonight's adventure of The Fat Man, played by J. Scott Smart, was produced by Charles Powers. Music was under the direction of Bernard Green. Sergeant O'Hara is played by Ed Begley. This is Gene Kirby speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. That's The Fat Man with the Black Angel, starring J. Scott Smart from July 8, 1946, as heard over ABC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 61 of the Classic Radio Theater after this break. Next time on episode 61 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two true crime stories on the Black Museum, starring Orson Welles, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>